Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. No One Likes Us Clothing is the Millwall clothing range. T-shirts, caps, polos, they've got it all. Visit www.noonelikesus.co.uk Or why not visit the Blue Anchor, where a selection of shirts can be bought at the bar. www.noonelikesus.co.uk Hi, I'm Gary Rower, and you're listening to the world-famous Acton Millwall. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Something for the Weekend, uh, starring myself, Nick Hart, but also my confederates, my, 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 my partner in crime, Mr. Neil Fisler. How are you, Neil? We're back. We're back after an international break, everybody. <laughs> Purgatory, wasn't it? We were just saying off-air, listeners, Neil and I, um, about the... the I don't know. It, it, it's, a, it's a weird thing, international football these days, Neil. I, I find it's it's so... In every sense of the word, it's so commercially driven now. Um, it's very hard to maintain any level of interest in it. Yeah, I'm not invested at all in international football, as I said to you uh, off air. Uh, it's just dull. It's boring. And uh, and even though you're grateful for the international break, that gratefulness lasts about an hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do. We miss doing these shows. Uh, we were just saying that off air, listeners. Um I miss Millwall, uh, even though it, it can drive you to distraction. I was just looking at all of my notes for, for the show today. And, of course, Gary Rowett has done his bit for <laughs> for, 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 the, for the kind of purgatory of football. Um, and then Gareth Southgate has completed the task during the international break. But football is about joy. And it should be about joy. But all I see in the, in the modern football scene, Neil, is, I mean, we're playing a, a World Cup. Uh, you know, in the middle of the winter, from our point of view, because of money, it's money, money, money. All it is is methods of um, extracting money from the paying public, and there's something quite distasteful about it all. I don't know if I'm being sentimental when I say these things, but I don't think I'm alone in, in feeling this way. Mate, the one saving grace about this international break was at least the county championship season rumbled on until yesterday. <laughs> yeah, so we had something quite entertaining to watch for 
yeah. for most of this week, obviously. Middlesex, I'm still on the high after Middlesex getting promoted. Yeah, they, they were promoted from the second division of Cricket's County Championship for any listeners that don't follow it. I, the thing I'd say, I mean, I, this is this is a football podcast, not cricket podcast listeners, but um, I, I went in the, in the summertime, Neil, to a, a competition that's failing now, the Royal London, which is a 50-over um, one-day game. I really like that format. It's, it's a nice format but we my daughter and I and, and uh family went over to Beckenham and it was just a beautiful day. I mean the weather was gorgeous it was really hot but it was there was something um I don't know what's the word I'm trying to find it is deeply non-commercial about this this afternoon it, it was it was a cricket match in the sun in a leafy wonderful little location it was it was everything for me that cricket should be um very English about English yeah it's a bit of our, I don't know, a bit of our national identity that hasn't been eroded and that you can go somewhere on a Sunday afternoon or or an afternoon in the weekend and uh, and you can enjoy the sun. You can just sit there and there's no pressure with cricket, is there? I find it very difficult to get upset at a cricket result, which for me I'm probably unusually uh <laughs> to my county uh but it, yeah there's just something quintessentially english about a game of cricket in an afternoon isn't there i think what we're touching on i mean there was money being made there listeners there was there was uh you know all the usual kind of stadium van uh foods and bars and you know there was there was money changing hands so don't get me wrong i'm not I'm not advocating a world where nobody makes any money, but it's it was it was just a lovely event. I'm going to include some of the non-league games that I've been to recently. I mean, I, you know, you and me were talking about you, you went to a game down your way to cut the uh, one of the Cornish um, leagues that in, in, in your part. What I've been to one or two. Definitely do not Devon. Devon. Oh my God! I've, I've dropped... Christ Almighty! My windows will be going. In. <laughs> I dropped a bollock there, haven't I? <laughs> the, the Devonian leagues. But, you know, I mean, the, the point I'm touching on there is, that you, you know, I've been to a few non-league games. You're not invested in it. I, I will say that. You're not caring about it like when the Lions take the pitch of a Saturday, like the song says, at Coldblow Lane. You're not caring about it, not living and dying on the result. But there is something deeply enjoyable about a relaxing afternoon sport where you're not being separated from your the contents of your wallet every five minutes for some reason or another. You know, you could get a beer, you can go and watch it in the stands, you can enjoy the yeah, the standard is, is what it is. Um, but you're gonna see committed blokes playing a game that they love. And I I don't know, we're missing something in football generally, all the way up the the the, the ladder, right to the very, very top, because we're playing a World Cup completely out of season um very very soon in fact we 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 speak in the uh, prelims neil to tomorrow's trip for the lions to blackburn which actually opens up another 10 game um program 10 game tranche i've written on my notes listeners 10 game tranche up to the world cup break itself which starts in uh, november so it's been a very odd season with these 10 game periods and breaks and then we've got another one coming up it's actually a difficult away game tomorrow after a fortnight off, um, in the aftermath of what was, I don't know. Are we are we getting a are we getting ideas above our station to call that win over Blackpool unsatisfactory? A win's a win from a Millwall perspective historically, and I don't know if I'm being spoiled baby by wanting more than just um, functional wins. I want to be entertained. I think I think maybe that's what I'm I'm trying to scramble towards in this monologue. 
Mate, we all want to. Yeah, it's always about performance, isn't it? And uh, we want to watch and play well. But I think we need to be asking, what Muppet organised an international break a month before the World Cup? Yeah, when they're suspending the championship for yeah, yeah. Although we have got a game, I think we'll come on to that a little bit later against Sunderland. Yeah. But obviously, we're playing 10 times in the next month. Yeah, it's a packed um, calendar when you look at the BBC site. It's a packed calendar that's going to hamper uh, the the quality of football. And injury, injuries. I mean, you know, we, we've we've laboured with injuries all season, Neil. It, it's going to compound that. What idiot organised an international break so they could play a pointless? the nation's league or whatever it called. The penny should have dropped somewhere and they should have hold on a minute. Yeah, uh why are we it's, having this? Uh, because all as it's done is it just keeps more a bigger workload on players for the next month. So they so they're gonna go to the World Cup knackered whatever and uh, yeah it'll probably take us three months to recover all the injuries, won't from it? From the World Cup. I mean it's money, money, money. Um they pack in you're right. I mean, I, I think I, I, I can get the idea of a Nations League over and above friendly football, which I, I, is my own pet hate. I, I, but the Nations League is barely above that in, in the sense of any competitive um, quality to it. It's a filler competition. It's money. It's TV. It's uh, it, it's modern football in, in a nutshell. I, I make you right. I mean, to have an international break when you've got four weeks enforced break looming for a World Cup being played in the winter because Qatar brings such uh, resources that they can buy themselves a World Cup. Um, it, it just speaks volumes for the modern game. There we are. That's 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 the way it is. We're not going to change it on, on this podcast in a hurry, but I do agree it's it, it's got a, an impact. And we're going to be, you know, we're only just recovering. I'm just reading that Sean Hutchinson may be available. Uh, Mason Bennett may be available for the trip to Ewood Park, may be available for the midweek game at Rotherham that follows on on the on the Wednesday um you know we, we've labored under an injury crisis it seems forever at our club and it's not going to exactly be helped by these, these 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 stop start and you know overloaded fixture programs that we have to work within now there yep. we are biggest squad in the world have we and it is a squad that you do fear that uh that that we do seem to sign players with some pretty woeful injury records at times, don't we? And yeah, Ryan Leonard is, is is still in recovery. Um, he's kind of inching his way back. I was just reading on uh, London News Online, listeners. Mason and and Sean and Hutchie will uh, possibly be fit for you. Whether they'll be on the bench or whether they'll start, we'll we'll see. Um, it's been. It, I'm just looking at the league table now. I, was, I actually wrote in my notes before I looked at the league table. This has been a moderate start to the season for Millwall: four wins, one draw, and five losses. But there's loads of clubs with what I would call moderate starts in the in the league. I think we're not alone in that. We we obviously look at the world for our Millwall um, lenses, but uh, we're not alone. I mean, even our opponents tomorrow, Blackburn, haven't exactly torn up the league. They're in seventh spot, listeners, with five wins and five losses. So. It seems to be a thing, doesn't it, generally? Yeah, but apparently it's a better start than last season, isn't it? Didn't we take a long time? Was I listening on another podcast? 
I don't think we're that far away from it. Whether how how much better or worse it is, I, I, there's not much in it. So it's it's not an awful lot in it from last season, which as as the point was made, didn't finish too badly for us. So um, you know, in 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 Rowett, I think we're going to have to trust because there was a talk prior to that win over Blackpool, not Blackburn, Blackpool. Um, that Garrett Rarick's position may be in uh, in danger. Um, I don't think that's realistic anymore, Neil, do you? No, I don't think so. I think that we're stuck with him for... <laughs> <laughs> We'd have loved this marriage, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah, for better or worse, I think uh, I think he's around for a little while. Uh, yeah, but I just think it's sometimes that you watch games and it's, it's just frustration that you speak in the aftermath of a game and in the cold light today, you think, well, he's a decent manager. Yeah, Are we going to get better? Probably not. Probably not. People actually come up with these fanciful ideas. Oh, we'll go and get, we'll go and get Liam Manning from uh, MK Dons and, uh, yeah, Dyche, Dyche. We we'll bring Dyche down there, like um, like we can just pick him up in a in a in a cab running around. You know, uh, yeah. The one good thing that an international break does, it gives you time to think and uh, and really, it's just the standard of football. Sometimes it's just awful. I can accept losing. I've said it many times, but I can't stand. Just the football's horrible. Hmm. Uh, if we can find some balance to actually play entertaining attacking football and we lose, yeah, fair enough. You just shrug your shoulders and get on with it. You might not be happy for a little while, but you can accept it. But it's just the level of football. It's not enticing you to watch it, is it? It's a bit like watching England, isn't it? You just not. You just can't be bothered. And uh, I think it's that. I, you know, I, 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 I've tried... Um, I try and follow the away games if I can do on 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 screen. I'm not going to bother tomorrow, listeners. I'm going to go to a game. I'm going to go to a non-league game, and I'll pick up the uh, results tomorrow after I get home, and uh, we'll see what we can find out about the performance separately. Which you know, when you're doing a podcast, I do like to at least see the games, but I just can't be bothered, Neil. I think it's, I think I prefer the uh, the, the, the fresh air, the the commitment, the the crunch of a real game to a streams bore fest that I mean probably tomorrow's game we're going to go up to Blackburn and, and put three or four past them now I've said that but it, it's 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 a destructive it's been an eroding season of very poor football um and I I, I, I debate with myself sometimes whether as a Millwall fan and as somebody that's lived you know been been a Millwall fan for many many years you and I talk on many occasions about the history of the club you know this is we are we are historically in a pretty good position from a mill perspective but I, i've just found some of the football we've been playing in recent times boring it's just <laughs> you're being eroded by boredom that's the problem yeah, it's, yeah, there's no other way to describe it yeah? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's absolutely woeful and and it it this is an entertainment industry. Yes, yeah? it is. Yeah, yeah. You watch this for fun. You're not being paid to watch it unless you're covering the game or whatever. But but it's what you do for enjoyment. And if there's no enjoyment there, you very quickly 
Yeah, well, I've got a very low boredom threshold. <laughs> <laughs> no shit. <laughs> I know. Yeah, well, that, yeah, well, that'll come as a major surprise to most <laughs> podcast listeners. All that, that you get insights into everyone's psyche one way or the other when you do these shows. You can't help but reveal yourself. Um, you can try your best, but you can't. You can't hide. You can run, but can't hide um yeah I, I i agree it is an entertainment business um obviously we care about Millwall and we want them to 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 succeed but you also do have to feel a bit of um, a sense of exhilaration when you've been to the football i mean it was the number of messages that we had on the shows recently after the blackpool game of people just saying well we won but you know um <laughs> there was a flat kind of atmosphere walking back out of the stadium um it's, it's a widespread thing. I think it could be quite destructive in the long term, but um, there we are. Um, tomorrow's trip to Blackburn is, is a difficult. We'll follow it with a, an away game at Rotherham. So we've got two long northern trips. Um, I'm going to pass on tomorrow's one and probably try and catch some uh, footage from the uh, the Rotherham game in midweek. Goalkeeping seems to be the main choice for, for Gary Rowett tomorrow, Neil. Um, whether he keeps Jules Long in goal, who didn't do badly against Blackpool. Or does he bring back the um, the, the, the favourite uh, Bart Bielkowski? Oh, it's hard on Bart to be dropped, but now it'd be hard on Jules Long to be dropped equally. So um... it was exceptionally hard on Bart to be dropped to single yeah. him out for for some of our defensive woes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he hasn't been afforded an awful lot of protection, has he, in front of him in a lot of games. It just, your heart goes out to him, but by the same token, uh, he, he came out with some nonsense about he's not vocal. What a shower of absolute yeah. odds wallet that was. That is typical of the 52 languages of nonsense that this man <laughs> I agree. I, I agree there's a lack of vocal... Um, what's the word I'm scrambling for, your listeners? Vocalism? I don't know. Anyway, there's, 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 there are no leaders of, that are apparent in that side, and I think that... But he that's, that's... Yeah, but that's not his job. His job... No, that's not his job. <laughs> His job is to be a, a world, world class, an extremely high level goalkeeper, a shot stopper, like as he, good as any I've seen, you know. Yeah, he is. He, if in t 20 years' time you and I are doing a podcast on goalkeepers, which <laughs> I really doubt we will be, 20 uh, years' time, we're still doing it, are we? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, but whoever is doing it, they will remember Bart as being Bart. Yeah. one of our top. Five or six goalkeepers. Uh, one of our great goalkeepers. You, you, you can debate long and hard whether he, which top five, top ten, certainly top five, possibly top three, maybe, because yeah, he's that good. Yes, yeah, certainly post-war, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, post-war, he would be in our top five or six, yeah? But by the same token, George Long came in and didn't, put a foot wrong really did he so no so i think he's, he's got a tough choice there um it won't surprise me to see long start because um we we won with him in the in the side and he did nothing wrong i could say absolutely no you know if, if bart bielkowski wasn't available and george long was there i'd be very happy because he looks a pretty solid goalkeeper i think it's this um 
this this thing of distribution that the modern manager demands of a goalkeeper. Um, it's all, there's always this idea in football that you've got to be more than just the position that you're playing in. You've got to be able to do this. You, I mean, we, we asked uh, Jake Cooper to pass the ball when, you know, the best one in the world. The boy's a, a good six foot five uh, defender, but he's not, you know, he's not a ball playing uh, magician, is he? So, but we ask things of players that yeah, they aren't blessed with. Been introduced by bloody Pep Guardiola, isn't it? Do you remember when he first went to Manchester City? Until then, a goalkeeper's job was to stop the ball by any means necessary. Yeah, prevent the prevent a goal, basically. <laughs> yeah, but then all of a sudden Pep Guardiola comes over here and starts trying to teach us how to redefine and re how we actually play the game. Joe Hart, it was, wasn't it? That he that he yeah. wasn't yeah, that he wasn't Lionel Messi with his feet, so bombed him out. In fact, he was probably right at the end of the day, Pro- but he, there probably was a Lionel Messi with his hands, anyway. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I think uh, Rowett, in all of the interviews that we've 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 looked at recently, listeners, he seems set on this uh, formation. He seems set on his approach. I, I don't see any changes. We're not going to see a uh, you know a four man this or a four man that. It's going to be the, the three the back three wing backs and uh, so the, the start of the game. Yeah, well, I do know that he does do it in game doesn't he, as they say, but it's always a little bit too late. Well, it's normally when we're chasing a game, it'll, 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 it'll change it up in some form or another. But I, I think as a, as a template, that's how it's going to be. I, I, unless we suffer a catastrophic loss of form, which we, we haven't. I mean, you know, this this has not been a catastrophic season so far. It may have been um, boring, but it's not been a catastrophe. And I don't see the next 10 being much different In if I'm going to be... Honest listeners, so you know we may well be going into the World Cup near with around uh, about the same kind of record that we've we've done in the opening ten, unless you know something uh, unforeseen happens. Yeah, um, perfectly boring. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll still be there at the end of it. We're not going to go anywhere, but um, it, it, it does it does uh, certainly more away at you. Um, times um one thing that did strike me they've rearranged the the Sunderland away fixture which was um scheduled originally for the weekend after the passing of Queen Elizabeth II has now been rescheduled for December the 3rd now a Saturday um 12 30 start it's almost like they don't want anyone to go to Sunderland for for a 12 30 start I don't know why it has to be a 12 30 kickoff I think that, that'll be in the World Cup so maybe there's a they're trying to think of um you know, England, clashing with England. Yeah, well, England are playing that afternoon, aren't they? Uh, uh, right. Iran or something or other. Yeah, weren't they trying to tell us that football's nothing without fans during the yeah. during lockdown and fans shouldn't be taken for granted? And all Take of, that a pinch of salt. Yeah, Sheffield United have to go to Swansea for a seven forty-five kickoff on the Saturday night, and we have to go to Sunderland. In fact, I don't even think you can get there. On the morning of the game, no, you'd, you'd have to drive up um, probably the night before. I, I reckon, or you, I don't know, the trains are running. With that, that's another thing. So that's um, AM start, isn't it? If you want to get up there at any, December. yeah, it's not making it easier for people. I, 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 I do agree. Um, but anyway, there we are. It's Saturday, December the third, which was actually was due to be the last. Um, you know, wind, World Cup window weekend, and it was due to restart. On, I think on the tenth. So, 
we've got an earlier restart for the for the league season, if nothing else, which also has the spin-off. Um, if you like, just looking at a story that's on uh, Richard Corley on, on the London News here, Neil, that we were targeting Premier League or European opposition as friendlies during the break for the World Cup. I, I imagine these would be behind closed doors jobs. I don't know that Mill would uh, be uh, lined up against Premier League opposition for paying, paying public, but at least it means less friendly football, more competitive football, if nothing else. Yeah, it, it was a strange one because then people, it, it, then people, oh, we're going to end up with, with the usual Gillingham, and no, mm. they're they're actually playing competitive football, and so are the non-league clubs. Uh, we're kind of limited who we can play, really, aren't we? Because the police aren't going to allow us to. We can't play West Ham, can we? Yeah, unless it's behind closed doors or. Yeah. Not going to allow us to play Chelsea in front of a paying audience because no. of, because of the inability of people not to be able to throw things at a game of football or Tottenham. It, it kind of rules out an awful uh, an awful lot of clubs, doesn't it? And you don't want to play anybody from your division. No, 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 um, no. Well, basically. Are they really going to bring somebody over from Europe? For a- I can't imagine it. It's, it's, it uh, this will be somebody like Crystal Palace behind closed doors at one of the training grounds. Um, it'll be that kind of friendly. I don't. I just can't see um, you know a paying public uh, event in that World Cup period. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. You'd be in opposition. It'll be one of the Portuguese or Spanish second division side, possibly. Um, how attractive that will be! I don't, I don't bring know. him over on the freezing cold <laughs> trip to Bermondsey. <laughs> yeah, it, it it just I don't know. It just, it, I'm very skeptical about it. I I I do think we will play games, but I think you're right. I think we'll play games behind closed doors. I, I know that we played a friendly against Arsenal, didn't we, before yeah. the start of last season. Behind closed doors. Behind closed doors. Uh, it'll be that. I guarantee you, listeners. I guarantee it. Just moving along a, a little agenda here, Neil. Um, I you sent a message around on the on the group chat, have they? That the under twenty ones were live on YouTube, which was, and I, I managed to catch the the second half. This was a game at Reading, which we finished up losing. Um, I think it finished two one to Reading. It was two nil um, uh, till quite late, and then I think we got a late goal for the under twenty ones. But it was a really nice idea to broadcast it by Reading live on, on YouTube. And um, I think the Millwall uh, games at the Den are behind this um, uh, Mill TV paywall, aren't they? I don't think we put them out live on, on YouTube in that way. But it was it was good to see. Yeah, we have done in the past. I've been on YouTube. Uh, but, but this newfound uh, Millwall philosophy of trying to nick a few quid off people. <laughs> opportunity. Uh, two two pound fifty for the food hub as well. If you park your car, apparently, uh, if you do go and see a, a, an under twenty one, killer not Come on, yeah. yeah. For for donkey's years, you're able to park your car down there at a reserve game, or the ten people that would park there. Mm. Just see, I, I don't know, but no, it was a great idea by Reading. Uh, a lot of clubs do it. But I think Millwall have, Millwall have just introduced this new all singing, all dancing, Millwall TV, haven't they? And I Subscription not, channel, yeah. Um, yeah, 
noticed that that for the podcast they've got an extra in a new studio, so that's obviously mm. cost them a bit of money. Yeah, well, I know that. Uh, yeah, well, I know that equipment and that has to be paid for. But come on, stick it on YouTube. You can always make ad revenue because not everybody can watch the game, so so they might watch it later on. And it, it's it's just penny pinching. Yeah, it was, it was interesting. I mean, it was it was basic coverage, listeners. I mean, it was basic uh, one camera on the halfway line. You're quite high up at the Majeski Stadium, so it was like a, a, an expansive view. Let's put it that way. But you could follow it. The broadcast was um, was a good quality on on YouTube. No commentary, no replays, um, but good enough. You know, certainly past the I caught the second half, so past 45 minutes of my um, Tuesday afternoon. I think that Max does one. Yeah, but that was always the beauty of living in London mm. uh, in the in the seventies, eighties, nineties, and very recently was going to football combination games in an afternoon, uh, two p.m. kickoff, and uh, used to see all manner of variety of first team players turning up uh, playing for. For whatever team, a trialist. I once saw Nigel Callahan, okay, Watford player on the bench for Millwall. John Moss, the Premier League referee, played some football combination games for Millwall when he was uncertain about teaching or playing football. So I'm a big, big fan of the football combination, or was a big fan of the football combination and under 21s, under 23 footballs. I think it's a great way of whiling away an afternoon. During the day, yeah, it was interesting. When Reading had Andy Carroll playing from up front, he made a big impact. He scored the second goal. His sheer physical presence was well, it was good. Good learning curve for our young defenders, including Hayden Muller and uh, and, and one or two others. Um, it was a chance for to get to look at some of these players. You only hear about Abdul Malik, for example. Uh, Boateng was playing, I think. Um, it wasn't probably wasn't our best day because we've been playing some pretty good stuff recently. I'm just looking at uh, notes here. We beat Charlton four one. We're at top of the, uh, the the development league. Um, this was our first defeat of the season against the side that actually included two experienced Championship players in in Carroll and I think Matey Mighty. Can I remember how to pronounce his name? But so Reading were on the day a strong side. But it was interesting, and it's it's good to see the youngsters. You do get a sense of who's who and how good some of them are. Um, this wasn't our best day, as I've said, but you did get a sense that there was some talent in that side, Neil. Yeah, no, there is. Um, yeah, undoubtedly. And, uh, and interestingly, they appear to be playing a different brand of football to the first. They do. Yeah, that's right. Passing it's style. Yeah. To be found by Kevin Nugent, which is quite unusual, I think. Generally, I think reserve teams try and uh, uh, reflect what the first team are doing. Christ Almighty, can you imagine that pitching up at on, <laughs> on a Tuesday afternoon to watch the under twenty threes and you watch a version of Nugent Ball? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was struck by you're, you're right. I mean, the, and I would have thought the idea of under twenty one football is that you can produce players that can then slot into the template that the the, uh, the the first team are playing. Um the under 21s did seem to be more what I would term passing style. They were they were passing and moving quite well. 
some talented boys there that you could, I, thought, I can't see many of these fitting straight into Gary Rowett's first team because um the passing <laughs> Uh, and it's just, I mean, just following on, this is a story on the London News Online listeners that Mills promising young stars are attracting interest from other clubs. Um, and yes, they will do. Of course, that's football. Um, clubs are always monitoring what other clubs have got and, and you know, money comes in for players. But um, if I were, I mean, even including Tyler Bury in the first team now, you know, if, if you are a skillful winger, you, you might have to think about is my career best served here under this management or should I move somewhere else to get minutes? Because it's quite hard to see a place for some of these talented boys in the first first team. I, th- I think I put it on the group chat that you'd like to see the likes of Abdul Malik and uh, yeah. A, yeah. a couple of them uh, that have been playing really well and you'd quite like to see them integrated into Give the... Them a go. Yeah, yeah or at least actually travel with the squad to a game so they can see what it's like and you're dangling that little carrot in front of them. I think the problem at Millwall is we don't take a risk uh, with a lot of these players. Instead of just putting them in and let's just see how they go, mm. Yeah, it, we almost wait too long. Isaac Alofa is a classic example, isn't it? He's drawing his pension soon, hasn't he? His first team start. Uh, there we are. Just a, has played what two, three games. It's ridiculous. Moving along, um, we see that Gary Rowett is running in the London Marathon, which is actually this weekend, listeners. I think it's Sunday, um, London Marathon. This is in aid, aid of the Lions Field. A great course. Well done to Gary Rowett. Also, want to mention my friend uh, Bill Bill Henshaw. It's not his real surname, but it's Henshaw on, on the Henshaw Forty One on online. He also did a um, a walk for the Lions Food Hub. I will stick a link to Bill's um, appeal because that's also for the same great cause, and he's done really well with less, obviously, uh, less publicity other than social media we've been able to generate for him. So I'll give that a little bit of a boost. But well done to Gary Rowett for also running in the London Marathon. He's probably going to come in with some super duper time, I'd imagine. You know, there's not an ounce of fat on the man. He's got that kind of the gaunt look of the uh, long distance runner about him. So he's probably looking at a sub. Uh, I don't know what three hours or something like that, but um, well done to him for it. Yeah, no, obviously I used to sit next to Bill, his dad, Bill, and his yeah. son, Bill. <laughs> I think he's a uh, great guy, great family. Absolutely. Uh, Proper Millwall, yeah. Yeah, to do something like that is uh, fantastic and for a great cause, and he actually stepped in to help Kelly out when she needed something moved from Colchester. So, yeah, well, I know he's a bit of a lefty, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I love you. I love your family. And, uh, uh, There's you a Millwall, Millwall sure. version of a left, left wing. Uh, yeah. Yeah, um, no, well, yeah, no, you've done. Yeah, well, that was great. It's great to see Gary Rowett running the London Marathon. I can't even think about doing 26 miles, let alone actually doing it, coming out in palpitations and cold sweats and all. <laughs> yeah. And good luck to everybody else. Uh, yeah, well, there's been a wrath of people on Hoff with mates that are doing it and they're rather... Gary real- Alexander, I saw, um, yeah. running London Marathon. Yeah. Um, it, 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 yeah, I just wish them 
everyone the best of luck and uh, hope they raise a nice sum of money for whatever charity they're doing it for. Absolutely. We're going to take a short break, listeners, then we're going to come back and consider one or two other issues outside the realms of Millwall. We'll be right back. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung, Mehlball. Welcome back, dear listeners. Um, Neil, um... We're talking now about wider things than just the Lions. Well, I suppose it could include the Lions. Um, there's been a few uh, things online about non-league clubs in particular, but I reckon this could include some of the lower-level football league clubs. And the cost of the energy crisis, you know, the cost of living crisis, energy crisis, the cost of um, staging matches under floodlights. Um, there's an interesting debate because one of the clubs, I think it was Mansfield Town, had asked for permission to um, play outside the the 3 p.m. kickoff time during the the, the darker months. Um, but there was an interesting post on um, on Twitter. Uh, this is from, uh, others include Didcot Town and other non-league clubs at that level, but um, it was a reply from uh, Dale Vince, who I think was Forrest Green, saying, um, depends on your floodlights. If you've got LED LED floodlights, the cost isn't that, that much compared with um, whatever floodlight bulbs they've got that did cut and uh and others um apparently that's where the cost lies but uh so there's a bit of a debate as to whether that's a good idea or a bad idea playing outside the three o'clock start time traditionally yeah i do know that my local league as we touched upon earlier the southwest peninsula league they've yeah. given permission for for uh for games to kick off earlier if that's yeah. what they I know there was some, some. I think the I think the EFL or whatever they're called these days tried cool. to justify their decision by saying there is a knock-on effect. Uh, obviously, I guess people might already have booked trains and things like that. I think that you could take the pragmatic approach as long as you give people enough notice. And yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't mean a fortnight's notice if they suddenly say. Well, in December, in January, 
when it does get dark at 4pm, or R4, doesn't it, it that you that you can kick off early if you want. I think it should be discretionary. For the clubs uh, to decide, I agree. And this high-handed approach of, no, you will not do it, it, it obviously... It's a, no, it yeah, serves nobody. I, I found the tweet, this is from Dale Vince, who was Forest Green Rovers chairman, which is known as a uh, green, whatever term you want to use, a green football club, but it's also business as well. He says... Uh, he spoke to TalkSport about the idea of using earlier kickoffs to save electricity from floodlight use. It says he says it seems to make unlikely to make a big difference. Nobody had the numbers, but we took a look, and it costs a hundred pound per game to have the lights on. Nothing in the scheme of things. Um, I think that depends on the quality of your floodlights. Um, I imagine Forest Green, because he's got money, um, have spent money on these uh, LED floodlights which will be to run but i doubt that didcot town or some of the others at that level would have done that so they're probably using old school i don't know if they use bulbs or whatever they're called but uh that one lights that burn the energy uh, more now that you could argue they should be replacing them because it's good business to do that but um i think you're right i think it's got to be a club discretion thing but they should be permission given to kick off at one o'clock two o'clock one thirty, whatever whatever suits yeah no i think that Certainly, certainly at non-league level, I think a hundred pound makes quite a bit of difference, doesn't it? Because well, it does. Yeah, I was a reply. I did cut hundred and eighty pound per hour. They use old halogen bulbs. Sixteen floodlights quoted thirty-eight thousand pounds to replace with LED. Now I don't know much about Didcot Town, but I'm going to guess that thirty-eight grand to rip floodlights doesn't come easy. And and, and those bills, hundred eighty pound per hour. Um, that's not, you know, that can make a, a make or break kind of difference. So if he can kick off earlier, um, and I'd include football league clubs in this if it's if it's going to help somebody, but make it an individual choice and request. Um, I mean, yeah. back in the seventies, we kicked off during the minor strike. We'd kick off regularly at one o'clock, twelve thirty kickoffs, two o'clock kickoffs. You know, it's quite common. Yeah, well, midweek games were played on a Wednesday afternoon, weren't they? With a what with an yeah. what with a early kickoff and it should be up to individual clubs i know we've just mentioned that our game at sunderland kicks off at half 12 mm. that would probably be an extreme yeah yeah that's not related to floodlighting though is it sunderland won't be worried about their floodlight costs um that's that's the game basically and that it's not carte blanche and yeah, it ought to be up to an individual club uh, because maybe the associated energy costs with everything because you have to light up car parks, you have to light up this. That's true. Yeah, the stadium itself has to be lit, doesn't it? So um, it's not just the floodlights. just not the floodlights, it's everything. And to be honest, people do feel safer in winter. In daylight, don't they? It's just not. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Just on the on the non-league side of things, but again, I think you can extend this to football league clubs, listeners. Um, we're talking about the, the floodlighting costs, but also uh, numbers going to non-league games are holding up really well, and many clubs are now going for discounted ticket prices. I think that's a good idea because, you know, we are living in a, a cost-of-living crisis for, for many, many reasons. Um, so any clubs that can do something to reduce the cost of, of watching a game, that must have a, a positive impact in, in gate terms, Neil, I would have thought. Yeah, I, 
put it i mentioned it on the group chat the other day i'm yeah well, i'm not a lefty in any way shape or form but i think at the moment uh it's difficult to afford your mortgage your energy bills yeah uh and then you're talking two away games in a week or two home games in a week you, yeah but it's fine if you've got a season ticket uh or you, or you bought. Or you got the money, but it's not. That's, that's yeah. not everyone at the moment. It's, it's tough times around. So um, and I think it'll have a knock-on effect if this does carry on. I think you're going to find that. Yeah, yeah. Well, the start of next season, if this does go on into the summer, which by all accounts is quite likely to, because there's yeah. no chance of Putin admitting he's wrong and chucking up his hands, is there, and saying, "Oh no." And everything returns to this hunky He'd be, he'd be throwing his, his hand of cards in, but also accepting a bullet in the head, I think. <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but that's not going to happen. So No, 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 I agree, I agree. I think uh, that in the summer, people are going to have an interesting choice. Do you pay the bills or do you or do you take out a £600 Millwall season ticket? Yeah, um, um, I think that I think hard hard conversations need to be had in football generally. Millwall is our show, our club. Um, but it's it interesting. Non-league clubs re can react probably in, in a way that maybe professional clubs might struggle with. I don't know, but um, certainly it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a thing over the next year or so. I think the, the cost of living yeah, crisis. To go to Millwall, I think if you, it's, it's not cheap. No, yeah. I decide to go on the day of a game and sometimes you do decide to go on the day of a game i think it can cost you up to about 32 quid yeah yeah it's pricey it's, you, you think hard about it and then you know you got the uh the entertainment yeah. question are you going to spend 32 pound being bored to death <laughs> yeah exactly and or not yeah we, yeah we spend 32 quid because they put this ridiculous surcharge of if you buy a ticket on the day of the game, it costs more than mm, in a free, free game. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always stuck in my throat that yeah, but that stealth tax, and I think it was some of like wedding that started it initially. I think the game needs to be more imaginative, Neil. I think the game needs to think, um, you know, if it's interested in, in promoting its 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 products, I'm going to keep using management speak. Neil's going to do his nuts soon if I keep talking like this. Um, but if it's interested in promoting itself to a wider public and maintaining the public it's got, then they do need to be more imaginative ticket-wise and, and in many other directions. Because this the cost of living crisis, as you've said, is, and you're right, is not going away in a hurry so um you know that's going to affect all, all aspects of our game um moving along if we if we may um my eye fell upon we've mentioned money money a few times in this show um the premier league a, a cabal of premier league clubs and they want to do away with fa cup replays in this and they're hanging it on the fixture congestion generated as a consequence of uh the, the queen's uh passing away recently apparently and plus the world cup and plus all the other bits and pieces that go on um do away with fa cup replays which are already much reduced from my youth when you get multiple replays of games which i accept you can't do anymore but the, even, even the one replay that we do get now they want to do away with it they want to finish it on the day um seems like a bit of a 
destruction of the competition in many respects. Absolutely. Uh, couldn't agree more with that. It, 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 and it seems to be the likes of, I don't know, Klopp and people like mm. that. Suddenly they come over here and they want to venger. They want to... Yeah, they want to... Yeah, they want to uh, run our game. And uh, to be honest... FA Cup replays are a great thing. I think what they should do is they should actually scrap the League Cup. Yeah. And yeah, but that's do away with that. I know they're talking about a possible option is that clubs in Europe don't play in the League Cup. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, as a Millwall fan, we only ever have one or two games in the League Cup. Anyway. We get out of it fast, don't we? Yeah, it's an unloved competition. It's always been unloved, really. It had a bit of a heyday in the 70s, the League Cup, but it's never achieved the glamour or, um, I'll use the word, the love that the FA Cup generates. Um, It's always been a bit of a struggle, the League Cup, and maybe it's always been a midweek, you know, competition in any case, so you don't get that um, third round glamour and romance and all all the other stuff that the FA Cup brings with it. I I personally wouldn't be sad to see it go. I mean, I I agree it's become such a... um, it's, it's, It's lost a lot of its meaning in recent times and... um, But whereas FA replays, yeah, you go to Manchester United and you eke out a draw... Part of the excitement is to get Manchester United back at home. Yeah, back yeah. at your small ground, wherever that may be. Yeah, I agree. Down at the Den. And I think a lot of it is to do with the fact that a lot of Premier League clubs are now owned by Americans. It does away with the... It, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I, I don't particularly want to pin it on um, any any particular group, but I think what hap- what is hard, I think, particularly in the American model to understand is two things. One is the concept of uh, as relegation, the fact that a big club, a named club, can, through uh, on-field mishaps, find themselves pitched out of the league into a, into a second division. They, they don't have anything like that in any of the major sports in, in North America. Um, and the other thing they don't have in, in North American sports is the, the idea of giant killing. Get days where Welling United can take the field versus Arsenal and have a shot. You know, the, the lucky goal that goes in late, the Radford shot, everyone, they get play a match of the day every now and again for Hereford in the 70s. You don't get those moments. They don't exist in, in, in those places. And even in the European context, you don't get that really so much in in foreign cup competitions because a they're not taken very seriously and so secondly if Bayern Munich do play some village side for in the German competition it's not they, everyone knows they're not taking it seriously to start off with so it doesn't have quite the um the meaning that the FA Cup has always always had I, I think it's a I think it's a typical um modern day uh, football business thing that everyone was that phrase everyone knows the value the price of everything but the value of nothing and i think if you lose these things a bit like that little monologue we had at the start you know, about cricket on a sunday afternoon you're losing something that doesn't actually have a a price it's it's, it's deep and, and you lose you're losing something bigger than just one more football match for a big club it's it's very sad if they, if they bring this to pass in my opinion yeah, but what is also being forgotten is that these Premier League clubs, they've got big enough squads. They can cope they do. with it. It's, it's more to do with they're trying to... It's like a dick-swinging contest, isn't it? We've got... 
<laughs> yeah, we've got more money than you. We've got more power than you. So we're going to assert it over you. And we're going to tell you what to do. And you will be subservient to it. You will obey what we say. Because here's a little bit of money. And we're going to dangle it over you until we get what we want. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. to be honest, I don't care about the Premier League. I watch it on a Sunday afternoon because it's entertainment, isn't it? I, I, it does make me laugh. I've got, on, on the phone, I've got Sky Sports. They, they pop up. I should take it off because it annoys me every time they do it, but partly it amuses me when Chelsea have made some £40 million for a player I've never heard of in my life. Some Portuguese bloke has bid £50 million for him. Like it's like 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 it's news. Like um, I don't know, you know, something's happened in the world that is that is true news, and that pops up like it's like it's on the same same level. Um, Especially Rusto that they do transfer deadline day with. Deadlines. <laughs> yeah, when it's really it's just repeating crap all day, isn't it? Yeah, you can watch it for an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening. And very little will change. They're trying to go in over to somebody at Arsenal. Arsenal won't be making any signings today. Right. Yeah, it <laughs> enriched my life to no end. Yeah. And then they keep on going back to them. Well, we well, we did tell you that Arsenal won't be making any signings. 24 and, uh, hour news cycle got to be filled up with anything. Oh, and yeah, well, then somebody might have been spotted. Somewhere that was the great one down at Millwall, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah, my grand cleaner's mama's. Uh, Who's the one who used to talk about on the House of Fun? Was it John John Osler? This was a players from the way back, and there was always the talk that we were interested in this. Yeah. His name John Oster Osler. I can't never remember. His yeah, name. John Osler. Uh, and he was always seen in the Millwall calf, or he's seen at the uh, the Curry Den or something. <laughs> Jimmy Floyd Axelbag were expecting. Jimmy Floyd was seen in the ancient foresters having a pint, you know, because he's keen to come to the den. Oh dear. Um let's let's close let's close our show, Neil, with um we've got a bit of scandal, really, listeners. I think it's scandalous. This is a story that you, you picked up on, Neil. I'd, I'd seen it, which is um a discontinued scheme now, in fairness to the EFL. Um but this is this is the, the baleful influence of gambling in in football. But uh, apparently, English football clubs, English football league clubs, are still because the deal is still in its last dying embers, receiving a cut of gamblers' losses as part of their their betting um, partner scheme, um, Sky Bet. Apparently, these clubs received a slice of uh, the losses generated by gamblers, which would be the many many people out there listening to this show, possibly. Um, the clubs are on a direct earner as a result of people overstretching themselves on on on, uh, on football betting or, or whatever betting um, on the peer accumulators. <laughs> <laughs> lose a lot of money if you go for high high scoring values on for Millwall this season. I know that much. I've yeah. always found gambling and sport odd bedfellows. Neil, I, I, people often think I'm against gambling, and I'm and I'm not. Um, I was brought up in a family that knew about gambling, um, horses and dogs for the most part. But um, I just find gambling in any sport, I'd include, I mean, football is the biggest, so it's the one that gets the most, um, you know, spotlight put on it. You could throw in cricket, you could probably throw rugby in, in terms of the baleful influence of gambling, spot fixing, all this kind of thing that goes on 
around the world. It's it's never a good thing, um, but it generates the drug of money, doesn't it? That's 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 the reason we have it. Yeah, to be honest, we all like uh, chucking a couple of quid on the first goal scorer. Games mm. every now and again, and and the crazy accumulators that that offer you big big returns for for predicting. 15 results for a pound or 50p but nobody forces people to gamble i'm not no companies per se full stop and i don't necessarily agree that they should be banned but it but it just seems something slightly distasteful that as a millwall fan because they ask you when they sign when you sign up to a lot of these websites especially uh, uh, Skybet, which team you support. Okay. And I always thought it was a bit odd. Why do they want to know what team I support? Now it all makes sense. (laughs) They're on a slice of the action. That's why, aren't they? Um, Yeah. yeah, Well, they were. This deal is being phased out. Um, the, the, the deal continues, and I think it was a, a X number of years, so it continues till 23-24 when Skybet's contract expires. But the EFL said all sign-up links via EFL Digital have now been removed. So you can't sign up for this kind of thing now. Well, maybe they don't ask that question. You can probably still sign up for Skybet, but they may not ask the question as to which uh, football team you, you, you follow. But it's just interesting the million and one ways, the myriad ways that football – uh, uses to extract money. It's um, yeah, we were talking about it earlier on, weren't we? With the three pound for for watching a reserve game to park your car, yeah. yeah, to park your car. Even though that money is going to the food hub, I think they're probably testing the waters. So next season, when uh, yeah, when they don't give it to the food hub, or the season after the char the charge is established, then I suppose, yeah, and. Yeah. And say, well, the charge has been around for three years. Uh, it just, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It's the one ways of, yeah, we were talking about on the group chat about Millwall TV, weren't we? And now that's five or a month for, yeah, um, yeah, it's just a little bit, it just seems to be a little bit. More. I haven't subscribed to that, and I, I slightly go around in circles. Five or a month's not a huge amount of money, so I could I could get it if I wanted to. Um, but I struggle with it. In why am I struggling? With it? It's because most of it is stuff that I think you sh- you should get version. You should get you should hear from your club manager post game anyway. Um, I'm not sure I want to be paying to listen to Gary Rowett. The highlights packages, the, the game highlights, might be the only bits that are of any real interest to me, Neil. Well, Other than goals, that... I, I, yeah, but the goals are put on YouTube. The two-minute yeah. side, they give you more in-depth. I think they do like a 10-minute highlight. John Rankin sat us right John, John, I took my hat off to because he said he does re-watch it all, which is a lot. But they, um, they, I, I, I think they do a 10-minute lengthened, um, you know, package rather than just the goals, which is like a, a splurge of major incident and then the goals. Um, but otherwise, it's all it's inane. It's all kind of like you know, players having quizzes and 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 stuff like that. And I, I'm not really interested in that. So it's I, 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 I think I'm going to be now, isn't it? It's shouldered programming that they try and 
they try and get you invested into it. Funnily enough, we were talking about nostalgia. If yeah. they put old games on there, games from the 70s and the 80s, I'd probably pay a fiver a month just to watch them alone. Yeah, but yeah. there that I really want to watch, to be honest. They don't put reserve games from from Claremont Road on there, do they? Because apparently... I don't think so. Don't think so. Yeah. Because apparently it's too difficult to to get... To bought. stream it, yeah. And again, yeah, but then again, County Cricket have really upped their game in that. In the last two or three seasons, they have all manner of games from all manner of places... Well, they do, they do, and they have, they have some pretty good production values. I mean, you're not going to get Sky TV production on those listeners, but you will get two commentary, you know, a, a lead voice and then a, a yeah. call it, the colour comment, they call that, don't they? And well, you'll get cameras on the alt- alternate ends, cameras, yeah. Um, pretty good. So it just shows what can be done. But just going back to, to the betting point, uh, I'd be interested to know how much Millwall have made. And I do think the club should be looking at giving that money to the food hub. And just that's a good just, idea. That's a good idea. Just to actually do something good with it. That's helped people that that may be affected by gambling. Maybe people can't afford to pay their bills because they've because they have a problem and things like that. So they well, need that's right. It's like alcohol. I mean, some people can have a drink and not be an alcoholic. Some people are unable to do that, and they they do have issues. So you're making money often from people with issues. And I think there's something. I think distasteful is is the right choice of word, Neil, because um, you know we, we're not living in a monastery, listeners. But equally, I don't think it's right that gamblers' losses defund football clubs. I, I just think there's something wrong in that the scheme has been discontinued i want to finish with that so they're not they're not signing up newbies to it and it will finish next season 23 24 yeah, pounds that millwall have made yeah give it to kelly and the food yeah. hub so they can do some good with that money as opposed to it sitting in a bank account and not doing an awful lot at millwall they just i don't know you know we haven't gone all woke yeah at least i haven't nick's always been woke <laughs> i'm gonna find out what this woke business means sometimes <laughs> oh dear there we are we're gonna finish it there listeners um let's have a score prediction you know let's do let's do regular podcast stuff and talk about score prediction for blackburn away then rotherham away before we face middlesbrough next saturday how, how do you see it wins losses draws uh blackburn i i I think I record that there's not that good recently. No, no, it's not. We've won there for a little while. I don't think it's terribly good at Rotherham. They're both long, long uh, trips up okay. north, aren't they? A midweeker as well for Rotherham. I know that, but on separate sides of the Pennines, I think. Uh, I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for one-one tomorrow. Yeah, and I'm going to go for a win at Rotherham. Francis to win them. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for two one because I don't think we've got a clean sheet in us. I'm no, gonna... I don't think I think I think you're right. I'm gonna go for four points out of the two fixtures. I I I I, I fancy us to go to Blackburn and win it tomorrow. I, I don't know why it's irrational, 
Um, it's my seventh son of a seventh son, Gypsy Heritage listeners coming out. But I'm going to go for a 1 0 win for the Lions at Blackburn tomorrow and a tough, tough trip to Rotherham, maybe one each up there. I don't know. Um, but a win tomorrow and a draw midweek for me. So four points. We're both calling it in different different ways the same. Um, but there we are. Let's keep our fingers crossed for that. Um, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed for some entertainment as well, listeners. Uh, Neil and I will be back next week, Neil. We're ahead of the, the home fixture versus Middlesbrough next Saturday, the 8th. We'll be back on the Friday for some weekends. Yeah. Uh, a huge thank yeah. you to Neil for joining me. Yeah, no problem at all, mate. Yeah, no, well, we'll either be on a high through uh, through six points or a low after two defeats. We'll be building the guillotine in the car park again. <laughs> There we are. Thank you for listening, listeners. Uh, enjoy the weekend wherever you're going, whatever you're doing. Good luck to all those making a trip up to Blackburn and Rotherham midweek. And until next Friday from Neil and myself, it's Arriva Dirty Millwall. Bye for now. Achtung, Millwall. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.